If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with us to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Appreciate the good testimonies. Appreciate each and every one of you being here. I know um, um, we're really seeing unprecedented times uh, for most of us in our lifetime. Um, we won't talk about it here for just a few minutes. And um, We appreciate the Lord. We're thankful for each and every one of you. We're thankful for this day that God has afforded us and blessed us with. <clears throat> and um, um, this verse right here, or one of the verses I'm going to read right here in 2 Timothy, has been quoted a lot. I've seen it all over the place. Uh, I think, uh, in my estimation, I think some people's taking it a little bit too far and taking it out of context. And... Uh, um, and I, I just want to uh, uh, I want to put people's minds at ease this morning. Um, we serve a God, right? right. Uh, we've talked about God's knowledge, His omniscience, His omnipotence. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. His omnipresence. He's always everywhere in all places at all times. His omnibenevolence. He loves us uh, without question and without regard. And if we're one of God's children, if we've truly been saved by the grace of God, washed in the blood of Jesus, uh, been justified, sanctified, and headed toward being glorified, uh, we don't need to fret or fear uh, for what lies on the other side. Uh, but I do want to uh, try and put people's minds at ease this morning. And I understand uh, that, that people are concerned. I understand that people are worried. And whatever, I want to say this too, and Kip mentioned this earlier. Um, uh, uh, we started a, podca- a podcast several, several months ago. And it was really uh, intended and driven um, to be a help and an aid uh, uh, to some other preachers. And... Um, but and we've never made this known publicly. I I just myself I, I always think somebody's gonna think that I'm trying to be somebody and I'm not. And uh, uh, but but this right here, uh, uh, one of my other pastor friends this morning, uh, they had canceled service. He's going live on on Facebook at 11 o'clock. Uh, and I spent many years on the radio, and so I, I'm pretty acquainted with preaching to walls. And uh, um, he uh, he called me this morning, or he texted me this morning. He said, "You uh, have any tips?" I just said, "Preach Jesus." Amen. I believe this this morning. Uh, God has given us some wonderful benefits in this day and time, uh, and I believe this this morning. I know that uh, the majority of church services are either called off or they have uh, a very slim crowd. I believe this. I believe there'll be more people reached for Jesus today than there probably ever has been in the history of time. 
when you go home this afternoon and you scroll through your Facebook feed and all those uh, churches that you're affiliated with that have pastors who got on there and preached a message that will go all across this globe this morning. I believe that Jesus' name will be exalted even in the midst of the worst storms that we see in this life in unprecedented times when the president has declared us in a state of national emergency. The one thing that will go out far and above anything else today at 11 o'clock will be Jesus. And I'm glad that there is always a way. I'm glad that there's always a hope. So, uh, And I'll say this before we get on with the reading of the text and then we'll uh, move on with the service this morning. Um, a lot of people have asked. Uh, the podcast is on an app called Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Um, the name of the podcast is Sold Out 220. You can get out. You can get on it through Facebook. I have a Facebook page. You can get on it through the website, or you can download the app if you have it on your phone. Uh, and if you don't have it, somebody besides you does. Yeah. So moving forward, I told them this this morning. Moving forward, no matter what the what decision the church makes uh, as far as having or not having service, and this is only for a temporary time. People need to understand this, and this is what I want to say. Uh, uh, the media has excited so much fear. Uh, my wife is not here this morning. The reason she's not here, she got a, a call from her supervisor as we were all fixing to head out the door. They're closing down all elective surgeries, so she had to get on the phone with all the surgeons this morning uh, and coordinate for the next coming days. And I want to put people's minds at ease. Uh, listen, uh, uh, what they're trying to do is trying to eliminate fear and they're trying to do a controlled burn listen they know people are going to get sick they know this virus is going to get to spread they know the vast majority of people that contract it are not going to be deathly ill but those that do get ill if we have a spike or a surge in 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 the spread of the virus it will overburden the state of the hospitals and they cannot treat beyond their capacity that is the reason that we're doing this Everybody calm down for a couple weeks, and this will move on. And if it don't, I'm going to heaven. Amen. So I'm a, the old song is, I'm a winner either way. I'm a winner either way. Uh, so uh, a pastor friend of mine, he preached a message uh, last week. He said there's a lot of people have a fear of dying of the coronavirus, and the alternative is dying. Right? Uh, Hebrews 9.27, the Bible said, For it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. In verse 28, the Bible said, But unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So friends, listen. What we want to do this morning, we want to be smart. Amen? Uh, we want to do things right. We want to uh, pay attention to what the people around us are saying. And we want to do the right things for the right reasons. Amen. Uh, so listen, and I've said all that to get to the reading of the text this morning. I've, I've seen this read, said so many times. And I want to say this before we get into this. I never did say this. No matter what we decide from a service perspective, I'll be preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And I'll publish it somehow, and you can get to it somehow. Amen. Uh, and I told Kip this. Uh, I'm home from work for at least the next two weeks. Uh, I'm working remotely for at least the next two weeks. Uh, the overwhelming majority of kids are going to be out for a minimum of a week. I personally believe that's probably going to be two or three. Uh, so 
Uh, I, I, I told them this after I helped my children with homework uh, because they're going to be doing classwork at home. There'll probably be a message every day. And I'm not above it. Amen. Uh, if the people of Timberidge know anything, know that I love to preach. Amen. And I love preaching. Uh, so, friends, uh, uh, anyway, we want to get on with this right here. Uh, so, uh, and you know what? I'm glad that we can smile and laugh in the Lord's house. Uh, friends, I, I, listen, I understand that, uh, that, there's, that there's been so much fear excited among us. Uh, but I'm glad that we can come to the sanctuary and I'm glad that we can crawl into the Word of God. I'm glad that we can look at our brothers and sisters beside us and we can know that we have a hope that is far greater than anything that this world has to provide for us. So listen, as we read this uh, in 2 Timothy chapter number 1, we're going to start uh, in verse number 5. We're going to read a few verses here and skip over and read another verse. It says, Wherefore I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, uh, which dwelt first in thy, mo- in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting uh, on of my hands. Verse number 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished, I, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immorality, to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Turn with us, if you would, over to chapter number 2. Uh, listen, and we pick up in verse number 15, uh, and I'm going to read through verse number 19. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but, uh, but shun profane and vain babblings, and they, for they will increase unto more uh, ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom Hymenius and Philtus, who concerning the truth, have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and have over and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Now, we want to flip back over here, and as we look right here, and, uh, this is the second epistle of Timothy. Of course, we understand, if we read over in the fourth chapter, we know uh, that Paul wrote to his son Timothy just prior to his death, and we quote this often. He said, I fought a good fight, of, uh, I, uh, I fought a good fight, I've finished my course, I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day. And not to me only, but all them that love his appearing. This is Paul, uh, the apostle. This is his last letter uh, to his son in the gospel, Timothy. And, he, and he's writing him, and he's telling, and he's being a voice of encouragement. And I want to leave the church encouraged this morning. 
Friends, listen. Uh, he's telling uh, Timothy. Now let's read this in context. Who's writing this? A man that is writing this uh, is on his last leg. He has rejected and renounced everything that he's known. He's left the pharisaical court. He's left his place. Uh, listen, in uh, where he was raised in Judaism. He's departed. The Bible tells us, he said, I counted all those things as dung that I may win Christ. He left all those things behind, all the monetary things, all the accolades, and all the positions that come along with it. Uh, friends, no doubt if he had maintained and stayed the course, he was trained and raised at the feet of Gamaliel, and no doubt he was raised up to be his successor. He would have been the voice of the Pharisees. But listen, he said, I've departed, I've left, I've laid all that stuff aside. I, listen, all of my knowledge, he said, now, he said, I, I, he's not saying I, I threw it all away, but he said, I've used it for Christ. He came down. History tells us that he was blind because he had been stoned on three different occasions. A lot of, uh, a lot of modern theologians would tell us that uh, listen, when he uh, addressed in the book of Corinthians, uh, when he was writing to the church at Corinth, and he said, I've prayed thrice that the Lord would remove this thorn in my flesh. But he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. A lot of modern theologians would say that that was because Paul was lame in both of his legs because he had been beaten and stoned numerous times. We do know, we do know that he was a man that gave his life so that the gospel may win. Friends, today listen, and we understand the context and the character of this man. And the context and the character of this man is writing to his son in the gospel. Who's pastoring a church at Ephesus, which at the day and time they say exceeded probably over a thousand people. And listen, this is one thing, and you've heard me say this before, I've always loved this. Paul, in everything that he had, in everything that he laid down, in everything that he left, he did not encourage Timothy to get away from the gospel. He didn't tell him to go away from the ministry. He didn't tell him to quit pastoring. He didn't tell him to go home to his grandmother and his mother, Eunice and Lois. Uh, listen, he told him, he said, preach the word. He didn't tell him to regress and go back to where he was. He told him to stand strong. Now listen, I believe this has been taken out of context. And I want to say this uh, this morning. Uh, uh, friends, listen, there's a lot of people say uh, in verse number 7, they said, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Now listen. I want to put this in context. There's a lot of people. I don't know about you. I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. Amen. I know that I'm sanctified. But you know what, Richard? I'm terrified of snakes. I hate them. I think they're Satan in the flesh. Amen. But people, they, they abuse this verse and they say, well, you shouldn't have any fear. That's why I have to eat four Benadryl before I get on the airplane. Hey, man, I get ten foot off the ground. I, listen, and I get to weak knee. When I get 30,000 feet in the air, you probably don't want to sit beside me. 
I have to knock myself out. So the friends, listen, what I'm trying to say is, is that there is a spirit about us. Friends, listen, what he's telling him, he's, he's saying, don't have fear of what man can do to you. Don't have, listen, this is what Jesus said. He said, fear not him which hath the power to kill the body. But he said, fear him who hath the power to, kill, to destroy the body and the soul in hell. Friends, listen today. I'll tell you something. I can't stand snakes. I can't stand airplanes. I have a genuine, look me in the eye, fear of them. Amen. But I'll tell you what I don't have a fear of. If there was a host of 50,000 people in the congregation this morning, I don't have a fear of preaching the gospel. I don't have a fear of preaching everlasting and eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. Friends, listen. Don't take this verse. And boy, I tell you, the people that use one verse out of the Bible. Listen, you remember a few months ago when I preached on Matthew chapter 7 where the first verse said, Judge not lest you be judged. How many times have you heard that? How many times have you heard that verse abused on Facebook and social media? How many times have you seen that verse abused throughout, listen, the church? And we see the different demographic of people. Listen, the text of my message that night was judging rightly. He said, judge not lest you be judged. But nobody reads the rest of the chapter. He goes on and he tells him, he said, you can't judge your brother with a mote in your eye. You must first remove the mote that is in your own eye. And then he said, once you have cleansed yourself, go address your brother. He didn't tell us not to judge. He told us to judge rightly. Now let's read the rest of the verse. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but He's given us power. Amen. Amen. He's given us power. He's given us love. And He's given us a sound mind. This is one I want to talk about here for just a few minutes. Amen. <clears throat> I don't stick my hand in the wood pile. In the middle of July. You know why? Snakes. You know why? Because I've got a sound mind. Amen. It's not the spirit of fear. It's the spirit of a sound mind. Amen. So friends, listen, if you have a sound mind, don't execute others at the stake who have a fear of something that you don't. Judge rightly. Now listen, I want to say this, friends. If you have power and if you have sound mind, the the one characteristic that I have not named is love. Amen. Oh, friends, today, listen, I want to tell you something. If we've truly been saved, washed in the blood of Jesus, if we have been touched and uh, the Spirit of God has spoken to us through the gospel, when we met our conviction, we came, we surrendered, we submitted, we repented in faith, and we believed upon uh, the cross of Calvary, whereby we're saved and sanctified. Listen, and He justified us, and He gave us, listen, He gave us the Spirit of love, and He gave us the Spirit of power and a sound mind to execute judgment right. 
That's what we possess. Don't use it. Don't use it as a tool. Amen. Boy, so often today I believe that people, they use the Word of God. Now the Bible tells us that it is a sword. But there's a lot of people going around with the sword trying to cut people's heads off. Trying to cut people's toes off. Listen, I said this many times. Many places before, a lot of people come up to me after the service and they say, Preacher, you got on my toes this morning. Hey, I missed the mark if I got on your toes. I wasn't aiming for your toes. I was aiming for your heart. Because if we preach the gospel of our Savior Jesus in power and in love and in sound mind, Right? This is the context of the Scripture. Amen. Amen. This is the context of the Word. Paul is writing to his son in the Gospel, Timothy. And he is being an encourager to him about how he should preach to his congregation. He said, listen, don't don't communicate a Gospel of fear. Communicate the Gospel in power. In unction and demonstration of the Holy Spirit of God. Communicate the gospel in power. Communicate the gospel in love. John 3.16 For God so loved. And that's in the Greek text. It's the agape love. Friends, listen. That is an unconditional love. That is not a sensual love. That's not a lustful love. That is an unconditional love. That's a love that loves us. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter number 5, but while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That's an unconditional love. An unconditional love loves us when we're in our worst state, not when we're in our best. You see, the church today, we have translated the agape love of the gospel. We've translated it into a sensual love. We only want to love people when they meet our criteria. We only want to love people when they meet our characteristics. They, we only want to love people when they meet our standards. If they don't meet our criteria, they don't meet our standards, then we don't want to have any fellowship with them. That's not the message of the gospel. I tell you, I I got excited coming down the road this morning. I got to thinking about what it will be in heaven. When people that are in heaven go back to a day on March the 15th in 2020 when they were scrolling through Facebook and they heard about a man his name is Jesus. Why well, I wonder, friends, today, listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's so many churches, they're so close-minded. I'm just going to say this this morning. Friends, listen, we're so worried about what we can do, what we can do locally. It's not about what we do. It's not about you, and it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And if we're not worried about getting the gospel unto a lost and dying world, why are we doing anything? God has not given you the spirit of fear. 
Paul said in the sixth chapter of the book of Romans, he said, he said, uh, listen, he said, this is Paul now, the apostle. He said, I know that I've, uh, he said, I know I've been delivered of my sin. I know that I'm saved. I know I'm sanctified. He said, even yet being dead to sin, he said, you know what I do? I sin. The things I would not, those are the things I do. And the things I would do, those are the things I do not. You see, friends, listen, we need to understand the Scripture and the Word of God in context of what it's telling us. Amen. Listen, now as we grow older and we grow in grace and wisdom and knowledge, things that are fearful in our youth seemingly go away when we develop in age. Why? Because our mind becomes sound. Because we take hope and we take our faith and we take our grounding in the Word of God. Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away. He said, but my word shall never pass away. Amen. St. John 1 and 1, he said, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him, there's nothing made that is made. In verse number 14, he said, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Friends, listen to me. I'm glad that the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person in the Trinity who existed in eternity past, I transition His redemptive plan for me, His purpose and His plan for me, and His purpose and His plan for you. Listen, He loved us far, far, far before we were even conceived thought. He don't, he don't love us. That's what John said. He, he, he said not that we loved him, but that he first loved us and gave his son to be the propitiation for our sin. I saw a, a message last night, and this text was thrown out there. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and love and sound mind. <laughs> and it was followed with a comment that said, we've let the devil win. I thought to myself, wow. Wow. Hey, listen. Uh, you know how the devil has won? And, and I just want to say this. I want to go on record and say this. Hey, listen, half the country don't like me anyway. I'm going to get the rest of them. Amen. Friends, listen, if not going to church for two Sundays affects your relationship with Jesus, you've got a much bigger problem. Much bigger. I'm glad that I can... Get down in my place of prayer. I'm glad I can open the canon of the Word of God. I'm glad. Listen, I don't have to go to the church house. I don't have to go to the priest. I'm glad that I can enter into the throne room in the presence of my closet. I can seek my good friend. I can seek my good brother. I can seek my Savior. And know that He hears me. Amen. That's what the Bible said in the book of Hebrews in the fourth chapter. He said, let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Amen. Amen. Boy, don't we need help right now, Miss Kay? 
Boy, listen, as we see this pandemic rise around us and media has excited fear, I, listen, I, there's so many. You, listen, do you know why the state and the pandemic of fear is so great? Listen, if we just keep a sound mind and stay to ourselves for two or three weeks, this thing would go away. And I followed that by saying, and if it don't, I'm still going to heaven. But I would follow this with this. People are so wrecked. There is such an excitation of fear. It's because they fear death. They fear dying. They fear what is beyond this world because they've never experienced Jesus. As David said in the 23rd Psalm, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Amen. Well, I'm glad, uh, friends, today, listen, I've I, I been, uh, and listen, I, I'll be honest with you when I say this, it was a privilege to stand by the bedside of those that were slipping out of this side and headed on to the other. And friends, listen, I, I'm telling you something, there is something to a child of God. As I've seen my, and you've heard me talk about this before, friends, listen, common grace comes upon us all. It does not differentiate. Sickness and disease does not differentiate. Uh, friends, listen today. I, I seen my grandfather for 12 years. I seen him lay there, and I seen Parkinson's rob every uh, facility of his body. I seen it rob him uh, of his motor functions where he couldn't walk. I seen it rob him of his mind where he couldn't think. I saw the man who raised me and who loved me. I saw my name disappear from his mind. But Jesus, Amen. I'm thankful for Jesus. The Bible tells us, as Stephen preached the gospel, that was the context that Paul was talking about. You understand that Saul of Tarsus was Paul the Apostle. Saul of Tarsus stood with the men who stoned Stephen. He heard the, go- the gospel message of Stephen. Not only did he hear the gospel message of Stephen, he saw when Stephen fell to his knees after he preached and declared unto him Jesus, he saw the eyes of Stephen as he looked up into the heavens. As the Son of God, the Bible records, stood from his throne to receive a child into the fold. Friends, listen to me. I'm glad, listen, that we can, that we don't have to possess fear. Listen, we don't have to possess fear of where we're going. That does not mean that things in this life will not scare us. Amen. Listen, you know what? I'm not scared of what's on the other side. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. It scares me a little bit to think about what I'm going to have to go through on this side to get there. And if you say I'm not worried about it, you're lying. 
You're just lying. I'm not scared of where I'm headed. I'm not scared of where I'm going. I'm not scared of where my Savior is. But I don't want to fall in a ditch full of rattlesnakes. Amen. Sound mind. Power, love, sound mind. Be not therefore, uh, verse number 8, we'll move on. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. See, now listen. Remember this. You've got to read the word of God in context. Who's he talking to? What's he writing about? And the people that he's addressing. So he's writing to his son in the gospel activity. He said, listen, God has not given us or you the spirit of fear, but power and love and sound mind. He said, be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. That's what he's talking about. Listen, he's talking about preaching the gospel. Don't be scared. We have the best thing the world has to offer. What he's telling, he said, don't be fearful of those who have the power to destroy and kill this body. He said, be fearful of him. Amen. And it's a reverential fear. It's not a boot-shaking fear. Amen. Friends, listen, I tell you, I approach, we approach our Heavenly Father in a state of respect. In a state of regard, we fear Him out of love. We show them reverence. Listen, I I treat my mother the same way. It's respect. He said, Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me His prisoner. Paul, Paul's telling Timothy, he said, look, I know I've wrecked everything. I know I've turned the whole world up on. Listen, I grabbed the apple cart and I swung it upside down. I know that. He said, I know that there's many people that hate me. I know that there's many people that seek to kill me. But what he's saying, he said, it's true. Everything about Jesus, it's true. Don't be fearful of Jesus. Don't be fearful of the gospel. Then he said, don't be, listen, he he said, don't be ashamed of me, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Amen. Don't be scared of where where this journey may take you because it's worth it. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us. And called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Who hath saved us? What a glorious Hey Amen. Listen, I tell you what, I may be the only one in the house that feels like shouting this morning, but I do. Amen. I'm glad I'm saved. I wish the rest of the known world were saved. And you know what I wish above all things? I wish people were excited about being saved. Instead, everybody else today is about fire insurance. Amen. 
Amen. We treat the Bible like our state farm envelope that comes once a quarter. You don't have to say amen, I know. When our policy renewal comes in, you know what I do with it? I open it up and I say, yep, looks good. Throw it in the trash. Keep paying the payment every month. That's how half the church has regarded being saved. Got fire insurance. Got what I need. Don't need to do anything else. They'll open this at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning when the pastor tells them to. Maybe. Well, I wonder today. I had a man tell me one time that I was pastor in church. He said, Preacher, you scared me to death sometimes. I said, Good. Tell you something, friends. Listen, the scripture teaches us listen, we can have an assurity. We can have a knowledge that we know that we are saved. Amen. Amen. We can have that blessed assurance. We can know that we are heirs, joint heirs, and adopted. We know that we can possess that type of knowledge. But you see, people don't invest enough time to dig into the Word of God in prayer. Amen. Listen to me. There's a lot of people, they, 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 they falter and they fall and, and they wash off in the ditch so easily. It's because they're 50-year Christians, presumably. And they don't know any more today than the day they got saved. You can't live a life of joy that way. Keep it at a distance. Friends, you know what that is? That's being ashamed of the gospel. Embrace it. Listen, I'll get on with this. It says, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he has given us in Christ Jesus before the world again. But it is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death, amen, and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. If you've been going through uh, with us in our Roman studies in chapter 1, uh, verse number 16, he said, listen, for the power of God, for the gospel is the power of God to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's the power of God unto salvation. Friends, listen today. I'm going to tell you something. I'm glad that the gospel is going out today. It excites me that the gospel is going out today. You know why it excites me? Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Once the gospel is presented, you have reached a point in your life you cannot go back from. You must answer it. A lot of people today say, well, preacher, I don't believe that. You know what? I don't care what you believe. I believe what the Bible says. Amen. Amen. That's what I believe. You, I believe we're so wrapped up today because we can't get over ourselves because we're stuck on a belief that somebody has taught us about their interpretation of the Bible. Amen. That's why I preach through the text. And that's why I preach the verse. I don't want you to believe what I believe. I want you to believe what the Bible says. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Now he's talking about his calling. I love verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things, 
What's he talking about? He's talking about the afflictions in the body, the afflictions of the flesh, all the things, that, the scourgings and all the things that he has encountered and went through in his day. Listen, ultimately he knows, he writes just a few verses later, he said, I know they're going to kill me tomorrow. Amen. Keep that in your mind. He's in a jail, he's in a jail cell. And he reaches through the jail cell and he hollers down the hall to the keeper. And he says, can I borrow a quill and some paper that I may write a letter unto my beloved son? Why did he do this? He said, I know I'm going to die tomorrow. But I want to encourage you today. Amen. Amen. He said in verse 12, For the which cause I also suffer these things. This is the same man that wrote from the same jail cell and said, I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in therewith to be content. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. What a statement. For I know, for I know whom I have believed. The man I met on the Damascus Road. He struck him down with letters in his hands. He was an executioner of the church. He had killed multitudes in the church and he had letters. He had warrants in his hands. God struck him down in the middle of the Damascus Road. He said, Lord... Thank God. He said, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded, boy, I love that word, don't you? Before I get through this verse in the eighth chapter of the book of Romans, Paul wrote to us in another place and he said, he said, therefore I am persuaded. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. I believe a lot of people need to trade in there. You need to get rid of your fire insurance and you need to get persuaded. If you were persuaded for the gospel, amen, if you were sold out for Jesus, what would you do? Where would you go? Hey, I'm going to tell you what, friends. Listen, I've been in a lot of fights. I've been in a lot of battles. Amen. Yeah. Hi, friends, listen, there's people here with me this morning that have stood with me arm in arm as we have fought that we, we, we have fought the institution. We fought the thought process. Hi, friends, listen to me. It's worth it. It's worth it. Don't quit. 
quit. Don't give up. Amen. Hey, Paul was arrested. He was in chains. He was in shackles. It had cost him everything. But he said, I'm persuaded. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able. <laughs> That's a whole other message. Amen. You've heard me. I preached that here three or four times. He is able. Boy, thank God. Uh, friends, listen, it does not rest and reside in my intellectual understanding of the Word of God. It does not reside and rest in the church. It doesn't reside in my baptism. It doesn't reside in the Lord's Supper and all the ordinances of the church. Uh, friends, listen, the state that I'm in today, my salvation is because He is able. Hebrews 7.25, Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Boy, I'm thankful, friends, this morning, in whom I have committed my trust. Hey, I'm glad this morning that I have a persuasion. I'm glad this morning, friends, hey, uh, when we talk about the context of the Word of God, I'm glad I can still be scared of snakes. I'm glad I can still be scared of airplanes and heights. Amen. Because I, because I know I'm not scared of where I'm going. Because in whom I am persuaded that He is able. Well, I'm glad, friends, this morning, he is able. What language? For I know whom I have believed. I could preach on this for another hour, and I've been preaching an hour. I know. That word know is prognosco in the Greek, and that is a knowledge of assurance. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I am assured. Whom I have believed. And I'm also. Listen not only I'm assured. But I'm persuaded. That he. Which is speaking of the second person of the Trinity. Which is Jesus Christ. He is able. To keep that which I have committed unto him. Against that day. Paul said I know I'm a few hours. From being escorted down a hallway of a jail cell. Marched out into the middle of some city streets. He said, I'm a no, I know I'm a few hours from laying my hands down and then putting them in stocks. And laying my head on a chopping block. I know it's imminent. I know it's ours. But I'm persuaded that He is able. Amen. 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 That's some strong medicine. I'm persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. Now listen. 
Flip over with us just real quick to verse number or chapter number two, and I'll say this in closing. <clears throat> of course, in verse number fifteen, when we picked up, it said, "Study to show thyself approved." Friends, listen. And this is the admonition, this is an encouragement from his father in the ministry of the gospel, encouraging him to study the scriptures, study the word of God. He tells him in verse number 16, he said, shun profane and vain babblings. Amen. Look at me, church, this morning. Don't get caught up in all the hoopla and all the talk. He said, put them aside, put them away. You want to argue over blue carpet, green carpet, or red carpet? Stop it. No carpet reaches people for Jesus. You know what reaches people for Jesus? You opening your mouth. You ever seen that thing, the, the, the bumper sticker says, preach gospel at all times, if necessary, use words? That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Amen. He said, preach the word. Yeah, we better live the word. But he said, preach the word. How shall they hear without a preacher? Well, preacher, that's your job. No, that's your job too. Listen, the Bible says, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. Now, I'm not going to get into what uh, Hymenaeus and Philtus were teaching, but uh, as it, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty self-defining right here. Verse number 18, they were teaching that the resurrection had passed already, that, that listen, that the church was already been taken. And that was a whole other doctrine of that, of that day and time. But Paul, he's, he's admonishing and he's addressing Timothy, his son, the gospel. He's saying, just leave all these things by the wayside. Church, don't get caught up in what the media is telling you. Listen to the admonition of safety. Let's do this with love and power and a sound mind. Amen. Do it. Listen, look at me. Do this. If we demonstrate power and love and a sound mind, that brings us to a, 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 an, an attitude of pragmatism. Amen. That means that we are thinking straight and logically and that we will do things rationally. Don't be caught up in the rigorous circle of fear. Don't be caught up in everything that's being said. Investigate what the truth is. The truth is they're trying to keep this from spiking and peaking to an alarming level. And they're just saying, people, they're, they're telling us, listen to what they're saying. Amen. They're saying, stay calm, wash your hands, and stop hugging everybody. Amen. Do the things that you have to do. And yes, it's going to cost us some things that we want to do. Friends, listen, I want you to be encouraged. I don't want you to leave here rumbling in your spirit. I don't want you to leave here dismayed 
I don't want you to leave here. Uh, listen, I'm going to tell you something. If we demonstrate a, a, a salvific love, if we demonstrate that in our lives, you know what it cultivates? It cultivates love. And when we love our brethren, we won't execute them in the stake for them having a different opinion than us. Amen. But he said, listen, of all these things, and this is, what, this is where I want to wind this message up, friends, this morning. Of everything that is going on around us, of everything that's being said, of all uh, the excitation of fear and all the mind games, and whether we think it's political or not, if you listen to the doctors, if you listen to the health professionals that have no vested interest in the White House, they're just concerned about people. If you'll block out everything and listen to what they are telling you, they're doing it because of your safety. Amen. They don't want to make you fearful. They're, they're not inducing a pandemic, friends. They're just telling you to be careful. Be level-headed. Have a sound mind. But I love verse number 19, and I'm going to conclude with this. Doesn't matter what they say. Doesn't matter what they do. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Right? God's purpose, God's plan. Like I said to you this morning, there's a lot of people who may disagree with me. I, I'll tell you something, friends, this morning. I, I, I personally and honestly believe this in the depths of my heart. The gospel went out further today than it has in many, many, many years. We look at it as a burden. We look at it as trouble. Hey, let me tell you something. God has, he's not standing on the front porch of heaven wringing his hands saying, oh Lord, what am I going to do now? He ain't done it yet and he ain't going to. You understand what omniscience is? That means if God learns something, that means that he's not all knowing. And that's a violation of omniscience. But we affirm omniscience, which means God knows all things that would, could, would, and will happen. Amen. There is nothing a surprise. Right? Yes. Nothing surprises God. And I'm going to tell you what. If he can use this to communicate his son to the world, praise be to God. And the church needs to see it for what it is. Don't look at, it, don't look at this as, well, uh, uh, the devil's won. <laughs> hey, the devil thought he won in the Garden of Gethsemane too. The devil thought he won when they hung Jesus on Golgotha's cross. The devil thought he won when he said it is finished. But immediately he realized what he had bought into. Amen. Amen. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands ashore. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. That's good enough for me. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Stand to your feet this morning. <clears throat> I want to do this, uh, like, like it's been said, uh, by the president, by all the denominational heads. Uh, they have, uh, if you would, just uh, get us a song. I don't care if we sing Amazing Grace. Uh, 
whatever's on your heart, but they have declared today is a national day of prayer. They have admonished all the churches all around, if they would, to join in one mind and one accord that God's will would be done. And I want to honor that this morning. We're going to sing one verse of invitation. If you feel like you need to come, we're certainly going to give you this opportunity. Uh, But as we begin to sing the second verse, I'm just going to invite the whole church, if you would, uh, to come down and meet us in the altar. And this will be our dismissal. Uh, We're just going to seek God in prayer. We're going to seek God's wisdom. And whatever His will is, is what we want done. So I want to encourage you this morning, if you feel the need, uh, we want to extend this invitation to you. Uh, So on the first verse, we'll stand. And if you have a need, come on the second verse, if you would, just the whole church. Uh, If you feel it on your heart, if you would, just come meet us in the altar and we'll go to the Lord in prayer.